Hello, welcome to Out of Curiosity, our podcast where we hope to bring biblical clarity for modern questions. I'm Garland, this is Nick. And uh, the question we have today is, is simple, but not all that easy to answer. Uh, it's just simply, when I open my Bible, is this God's word? When I pull out my NIV or my ESV or my English translation Bible, how can I know that this is really God's word? Uh, I, I ran into a guy, this was oh, several years ago now, and uh, he, we engaged in a conversation about spiritual things. And uh, eventually he, he told me he was a Christian. And eventually in the conversation, he told me that uh, he asked what Bible I read. And I thought that was an odd question. Uh, I said, well, I, I typically have, a, I have an NIV. I have a New American Standard, whatever. He said, uh, if you're not reading from the King James 1611, the Bible printed in 1611, it is not God's word. Wow. And then, then he therefore said, and therefore you're 30% saved. <laughs> and I thought that was an odd jump for me. Uh, and so <laughs> what we does were, that mean? I don't know what he was doing. Uh, and so there we were having this conversation. But we've talked about in, in previous podcasts about translations of the Bible, yep. and uh, we'll talk in subsequent ones about how we got the Bible. Yep. But just the question now is, if I'm sitting at my coffee table, or I'm out at a coffee shop, or I'm sitting in church and they're putting scripture on the screen, yeah. can I trust that this really is God's word? Is this yeah. reliable yeah. or not? Yeah. Man, it's a good question. Uh, so many different factors come into that question. Um, and I think the, the, the first one that, that that we raise is the issue of translation. Um, and, and the fact that I hear this a lot, there's so many different interpretations, there's so many different translations of the Bible, how can we really know what, what it said? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the first thing we wanna to say to that is having a reasonable standard of confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and so if, um, I remember I was on a, on a jury one time <clears throat> and, uh, and they were explaining to us in preparation for the trial, what is uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. And they said, remember, this is not beyond a reason to doubt. If you can think of a far-fetched scenario in which they've been proven innocent, that doesn't mean it's beyond a reasonable doubt. If you can imagine a scenario where Russian spies sent in a right, stealth right. ship and something did this, crazy, off, something the wall, crazy yeah. off the wall, that's not beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to ask the question, is this reasonable. Is it a reasonable doubt? Is it a doubt? reasonable doubt, not a reason to doubt? And I think sometimes when we come to a certain level of biblical skepticism, some of the doubts just aren't reasonable. Right. And, and I think the, the idea of there's so many different translations and so many different interpretations is grossly exaggerated. Um, there are particular questions about our Bible that are really hard. Right. They're there. There are places where we're not exactly sure what this means. Mm -hmm. But when you think about what it would take for our faith to be true, the really central claims that the Bible makes are not in dispute at all. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible clearly teaches that. Right. The mechanics of how that happened, sure, there's lots of questions there. God chose a man named Abraham mm -hmm. and built a family into a nation that lived in the Middle East. And there was a king named David. And that nation went into exile. And then they came back. And in that nation, there was a man born of a virgin named Jesus who lived a sinless life was crucified under Pontius Pilate and rose again. Mm -hmm. His disciples were his witnesses <clears throat> and took that message of that salvation into the Roman world and anticipate his return. That, those, those are the central facts of the Christian faith. And no issue of translation, text corruption, interpretation puts any of those things in dispute. In dispute. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to just calm down a little bit right. and know that the things that would make our faith true 
are not hindered by any text critical interpretation issues. I may be more than 30% saved. You may be okay. more than 30% so. saved so, from yeah. your NIV Bible. Okay. Yeah, so, so I think that's the first thing we need to do is just calm down. But secondly, we need to add the fact that I'm not claiming, I don't think anyone is, that we can have absolute certainty about every question we would ask. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are numerous places where we will dig in and go, we don't know what this means. Uh, I was maddened working on a certain passage recently where there was, I was reading something in Paul's logic in Galatians, and I was like, I don't understand what he's doing here. Right. And I went to one of the best commentaries, and the commentator's co uh, comment was, there's about 15 different interpretations here. Paul's logic is probably lost to us. Mm -hmm. You gotta love that. That's awesome. Yeah. His, the logic of this verse is lost to us. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to live with that. We have to live with the fact that we can't understand perfectly everything that's in the scriptures. So let me ask you this, does that mean that it is not understandable or that it, it doesn't have a meaning? Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't say that it doesn't have a meaning. And, and the reality is, if you go one level up, if you're trying to understand exactly this one phrase in this particular example Paul uses, it's difficult. Right. If you step back two verses and look at the paragraph, his big point is incredibly clear. Right. We're arguing how he made the point. The, the, the point he's making is really, really clear. And so I would say that it's not, not understandable. It's that we might not always have the precise knowledge we wish we had. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to find that in a lot of different places where, where there's um, debate over meaning. And the issue of translation is a real one. And, and the fact that we need to understand when we make a move from Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek into, in our example, English, meaning is lost. Right. There's no, we, we talked about that in the translation episode that we did. Uh, there is not a one-to-one -one translation. Mm -hmm. And so anytime we are trying to comprehend these original languages in our language, there's some work to do. Right. So a lot of people ask the question, hey, when, what can I know with my English Bible if I don't know Hebrew and Greek? And, and I think there's kind of a, a, a two sides to that I'd like to encourage people on. One, again, our English Bibles are really good. And you can know a lot. The vast majority is going to be very understandable from reading your English Bibles. And the, I want to be honest about the fact there are some nuances and details that you will not get aside from studying the original languages. So before we look at the nuances, what, what I don't hear you saying is, so let's take Islam, for example. Right. So in the, in the religion of Islam, yep. only the Quran read mm -hmm. in Arabic right. is right. the true Quran. The translation right. corrupts it so much so sure. that it would be not just ill-advised and right. unwise, but it's not even reading the right. words of Allah to read it not right. in original Arabic. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that about We're not saying that. And one of, I think we have an internal witness that that's not the case because the apostles living in the first century were very comfortable quoting the Hebrew scriptures in Greek. In Greek. And we call that the? The Septuagint, and right. so they, or, or other versions like that. So they were really comfortable with translation. They understood meaning was found in what the words come together to say rather than uh, necessarily having to repeat mm -hmm. the words to convey meaning. Right. The inspired text was the original language, but they could convey meaning through translation, and they were comfortable with that. And so, um, and, and again, I just want to say, the inspired text is the original language. Right but we can convey the meaning through translation. So what do I make, uh, sorry, go ahead. What were you so, that, so yeah, so I think, I think practically what that means, we wanna guard against, I think, two extremes. One would be an older paradigm that the only people who can study the Bible are the approved clergy. 
Right. And then if you haven't gotten a, a professional degree in the languages, you can't read the Bible and understand its meaning. Right. That would be one Hopeless extreme. for you, you're worthless. The other extreme would be a kind of radical individualism that says, I can read my Bible with no help from anyone else. Right. And if you're denying me that, then you're ripping my faith away. Right. Uh, the middle position is all of us encounter the Word of God, and God has given certain people to the church whose responsibility is to study and learn and be teachers. And so we, we need both. Right. We need both the ability to read our Bibles and the ability to be taught by people who've taken the time to study these things. So somebody listening to this may go to their Bibles yep. and they open it up and they're wanting to have a, their quiet time. They want to study God's Word. They want to make sense of it. And they're going to find these annoyingly pesky <laughs> footnotes yep. if their Bible uh, does such a thing. And some of the pages will have a dozen of them. And it's going right. to be down at the bottom of the page. Yep. Some manuscripts dot, 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 don't include yep. this. Yep. The Septuagint has this, not this. Some right. Hebrew doesn't have this. This may not even be there at all. Sure. And that begins to cause doubt for us. Yeah. What would you say to that? Well, what I'd say to that is, is what, what those are pointing to is what we commonly call the issue of text criticism, which is that all, and this is like, this can be a crisis of faith moment when people are first told mm -hmm. this. All of the many manuscripts of scripture we have do not line up perfectly. Our Hebrew manuscripts, our Greek manuscripts do not perfectly line up. There are disagreements on what the original text said. Mm -hmm. Again, let's not exaggerate that. Right. Those disagreements do not touch the core issues of the faith. Mm -hmm. None of the central doctrines of Christianity are, are in question because of our text issues. Mm -hmm. But there are some places we're not sure, was it this verb or that verb? Because we have two copies that say different things. And the first thing I would say is I actually find great confidence by the fact that we have all these witnesses. Mm -hmm. I remember I had to make a, a presentation to, um, to our elders one time. And, uh, and I, had, I had done a lot of work and pulled together some data, and there were a couple of questions I had unanswered. And I was really scared on how they would respond to me not having the answers to a couple of things. And so I went to them, and they asked the question, and, and I didn't have a good answer. And, and I, was, I, was, I was sweating bullets, and, 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 and their response was, man, we're just thankful you're asking these questions. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're digging shows us you're doing your job. So what you're saying is it actually it attests to the reliability of the Bible. That's the fact that they're doing such due diligence right. to put the footnote shows they're not hiding something from us. Exactly. And so I think, you know, if you compare any other ancient document, the Bible is far and away the best attested ancient document in the world. And so the fact that we can wrestle over the level of detail of when Jesus saw this person, did he feel anger or did he feel sorrow? Mm -hmm. Which verb is it? Right. That's such a nuanced level of detail that the we're fact blessed. we're blessed. We're, blessed. we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed in a, an abundance of riches of evidence for our Bible. Right. And so that should, we want to, I think we're in this sweet place of going, we don't have every question answered. Mm -hmm. And we have so much information that we can have great confidence in our Bibles. Well, to your point of over-exaggerating it, uh, the number to my last, my last look was like 98% of all of these textual issues, these mm -hmm. issues that were just not disagreement, 98% of those are wholly, totally things that don't matter. It's things right. like, did it say the Lord Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus the Lord? Right, uh, and don't affect meaning it, at all. It, it's a spelling issue where obviously they missed a letter here or there. Yes. And so 98% of the textual issues are issues like that where there's, yep. you don't even lose the sentence at all. It's just right. it, very clear what happened. It's very easy to see why that happened. And yes. so. No, that's, that's good. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like getting a really funny autocorrect text 
where what they meant to say is is right. incredibly clear. You know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. We have some of those moments where it's just it, it, there's not there's not really a question. And so, um, what I would tell people when they're reading their English Bibles is that um, that they have they should have great confidence the text they have in front of them and what God inspired was the original text. Mm-hmm. That is what is the absolute word of God. And when we have a translation, it is the word of God in so much as it represents that original text. Correct. And so we are constantly, as, stu- as students of the word, trying to dig in, trying to understand what did God say to us. And, uh, and we're blessed. We are blessed to have such an abundance of riches of, mm-hmm. of testimonies and thoughts and commentaries on the scripture. And so the fact that we have all these questions we can ask should actually point to a greater confidence. There is no, there is no veil that's hiding the truth from us. We actually have a bunch of great stuff in front of us. And so I think we should be, feel great confidence in the Word of God. So maybe for a later, a later podcast, it might yep. be helpful to come in and look at some of these broader yep. questions, these ones that maybe are more difficult to answer the New Testament ones that come to mind are the ending of Mark, for yeah. example. For those unfamiliar, yeah. uh, the Gospel of Mark has a debate as to where it ends. The placement of Jesus's uh, forgiving of the woman who right. was accused of adultery is going to be stoned in John chapter eight. If you look at any any English Bible, is going to footnote both of those heavily. And so yep. uh, maybe we'll come back at a later date and tackle some of these broader ones. Just want people to know th- these are where some of these issues are. And the best part about almost every English translation we have is they're going to note it for you. They are. They're going to tell you. Know. And so that gives that actually gives me uh, great confidence in the reliability of the text that we have. And so anything else you want to add uh, about it? I'm with you. I think, I think we should have great confidence. And uh, I'd say keep, keep digging, keep studying. Um, and I'd love to return to some of these specific issues later. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, Nick, this is really helpful. This has been Out of Curiosity. It's our podcast where we want to bring biblical clarity for modern questions. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Out of Curiosity as we discuss the question, can I trust the Bible? We encourage you to look into this for yourself even more and recommend looking in Scripture at 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 and Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. We also recommend the books Inerrancy by Norm Geisler, Revisiting the Corruption of the New Testament by Daniel Wallace, and The Reliability of the Old Testament by Ken Kitchen. If you want to send in a question or contact us, go to OOCuriosity.com and follow us on Instagram at OOCuriosity. Be sure to subscribe to keep up with future episodes.